Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Amanda Loudon. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. Good. I just got back from spring break, rolled into town at uh, a little after 11 o'clock last night after almost a three-hour ferry ride from Victoria, British Columbia, and then a three-hour drive down from Seattle. Oh, wow. So feeling rested and relaxed is maybe not how you're feeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) I had a good run this morning, um, but you know, it's spring break, so I didn't have to get up and make any lunches. So I let myself sleep in a little bit longer than usual. Nice. The the joy of being a self-employed person, as you would well know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What, What have you been working on lately? Um, well, oh, I, my head's spinning. I've been working on so much stuff. Um, but I have, um, two pieces that I'm, I'm going to get started on in, in the next week or so. Um, one is I'm actually, I'm taking off tomorrow, um, myself to go to Moab to attend a mindful right. running retreat. It's a women's mindful running retreat. And, um, oh, wow. yeah. So when I come back, I'm writing an article about that for, um, the Washington post. So I'm excited about that. Oh, that's exciting. And who's putting that on? Um, her name is Eleanor Fish. Um, oh yeah, sure. I know. Her, yeah. Yeah. So she does these all over the world, some really amazing locations. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm very excited and there's been kind of like a six week course leading up to it. Um, oh, well, that's interesting. A little yeah. homework before you get there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you implement mm-hmm. it all, you know, go through the, the motions this, this weekend and then put it into place in your life and running. So, um, it should be really interesting. Yeah. 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 So, and then what's the other story? Uh, and then the other one, actually, um, I'm roping in um, Justin Ross. Um, uh-huh. It's um, looking at the, the mental um, side of, of um, endurance sports and, and kind of looking at how um, amateur athletes are kind of getting into the groove with this um, aspect of the training. You know, it used to kind of be more of a, an elite athlete uh-huh. kind of thing. And, and now um, amateurs are jumping on board and there are, you know, there, there are books coming out addressing it. Um, there's uh, training, there's training club, there's you know, three, right. programs, things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so I have both of those two, um, in the hopper for the next. Oh, cool. So in that, the, um, mental training part, is that for the Washington post as well? Yes. Both of them are. Yes. I gotta say, I'm very impressed that you write for the Washington post. Oh no, I, I just got I, lucky. I take my hat to I, that. No, yeah. and it's, it's fun and it's nice and it's local. And so it's kind of cool because it can, be delivered on my doorstep. And that's kind of fun. So, Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. My gosh. Uh, I, when I was a freelance writer, I uh, finally started writing for the New York times, which you and I both know that the newspapers don't pay very well. Right. And, um, but the prestige of it. And for me, it was just knowing that it was showing up on my parents, you know, front walk and then my yeah. dad could open it up and, yeah. you know, um, you know, dads are, are proud people. And so, um, I, I think it really meant a lot to him to see his younger daughter's name in print in, very, you know, yeah. The, the, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So, and always fun then when it comes out that day, cause then, you know, people, it's, you know, school people you intersect with, particularly with a local paper like you in the Washington post that everybody sees it and talks <laughs> about it. Yes. 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 It was funny. One of mine, I had a really good friend who, um, you know, she was, she was reading her, um, an article on, on the Metro on the way to work. And then, you know, after, after the fact, she was like, Oh my gosh, you know, that was, that was Amanda's byline. So yeah. Oh, I, know. I also think that as writers, we think everybody notices the byline. I know. And no one does. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> People be like, Oh, I read this really interesting article. Mm-hmm, yeah. I wrote that. You did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so uh so i took the kids the start of spring break was um the kickoff event was the ariana grande concert wow how uh, was that yeah it was um so you know john my 11 year old son just gosh he just thinks the the sun rises and sets on ariana grande <laughs> And, um, and I used to, you know, I, I think probably a lot of our listeners maybe were introduced to her as I was, which is on, um, that, um, I think it's the Disney channel maybe, or Nick, uh, the salmon cat show. Right. And, oh, she's so annoying on that show <laughs> <laughs> with, that, with that baby doll voice that she talks with. Oh, and yes. Oh my goodness. And, you know, she plays such a dingbat and oh my goodness. And so I just was like, ugh, originally. And then John really won me over by showing me, um, how much do you know about Ariana Grande? Uh, next to nothing. 
Okay, okay. So, um, so, but she is truly a gifted singer. And that that what had convinced me of this before going to the concert was that she would go on Jimmy Fallon and he would do this thing where he spins and it would be a song and it would be it would be kind of two wheels and it would be like she would have to sing the wheels on the bus in the style of Miley Cyrus or, you know, this land is our land in the style of, you know, Christina Aguilera. And I mean, she can mimic all those singers exactly wow. exactly and it's just crazy how she really gets into it and so it just made me be like oh look she's got a sense of humor she's clever and she's a really gifted singer mm. and the gifted singer part was confirmed by her concert really oh my goodness because you know y- y- concerts are so overproduced these days and now i sound yes. like an old person don't i um and uh but but you know there's a sense I hate to say it, but with with a solo female artist, there's a there's a sense in me that is like, mm, is she really singing or is it yeah. you know? Um, and so she d- like did the songs largely like they are on the albums, but with enough of a little twist to it that you know she's singing it right then and there. Oh, good for her. Um, in just a very specific, like not like she screwed up, but like oh, she's gonna kind of do a little riff on that on the refrain right there. Or just kind of give a little turn to a different word. Right. And, um, oh my goodness. And just to be able to move, like, I just I just can't believe that people can, you know, do such kind of aerobic dancing <laughs> and sing <laughs> at the same time with a very big voice for a very small woman. And, um, oh, and she had just, you know, she had a lot of backup dancers. And um, uh, so it was, but it was fun. I told the kids, I'm like, okay, there's going to be, um, you know, warm-up bands. And they're like, What? And so there were two warm-up backs, and oh, I really, I debated not taking, we were, we stayed at a hotel right, right near the key arena where she played, and I debated not going over until we, we knew what time she was going on. And I was like, maybe we just show up at like 8.45 for her to go on at 9. Right. And, and, and I was like, oh, but it's the whole experience, and it was really almost too much. Like, um, the um, first warm-up back was this um, very vibrant singer named uh, Vic Victoria Monet, and um, she only played for like 20 minutes, but after it was over, John leaned forward and he goes, I feel it right here in my heart. And and I said, oh, you were moved by it? He goes, no, I really feel it in my heart. <laughs> he meant that it was like so loud. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. So then for the second act, which I don't even know what they were, we just stood out, out in the kind of, you know, the hallway outside the, you know, outside the arena. You know, okay. um, and so just hung out, like hung out near where they were selling shirts or whatever, because it was just like, yeah, it's too loud. It's too much going on. I could tell that they were kind of overwhelmed. And um, so but then so, yeah, she played from like nine until about 1030 and, you know, changed costumes a couple times. And um, it was yeah, it was it was it was big. It was epic. Yeah. So. And so th- this was everyone's first concert experience, all of your kids. Uh, so it, I only took the twins, yes, okay. and it was their first their first concert. So okay. you know, go big or go home. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was grande. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so that was fun. And um, oh, John said it was you know that was the greatest night of my life. Oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so and then uh, and then uh, my husband didn't join us up there until uh, he took the bus because the train is not running because there's mudslides. Slides. Um, so, so they wow. run a bus on like the, the runs on almost parallel the train tracks. And um, so he didn't come up till Saturday morning. So it was just the twins and I in Seattle on Friday. And I'd never I've been to Seattle a lot. You know, it's three hours north of here. And uh, but I'd never really um, gone sightseeing there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we had a great time. Have you been to Seattle or no? No, I the Pacific Northwest is one part of the country. I'm really negligent on getting to. Oh, yeah. Tisk, 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 uh, no. tisk. <laughs> I've been to Maryland. Many I know, times. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been to Oregon, but only Bend. So okay, right, right. Which doesn't really feel like the Pacific Northwest because no, that's high desert. No. So we don't, you know, it doesn't rain a whole lot there. It's not very gr- green or lush out there. Yeah. Um. So oh, I mean, Seattle. Seattle's a much, much larger city than Portland, 
And, uh, you know, definitely a part of me feels like the country cousin, which I have to say, my gosh, I was such the country cousin at the concert. You know, <laughs> I wore new black crop jeans and uh, some really cool boots, but they were dance go boots. So like they weren't quite like the, you know, kind of slay me. And I'm using slay as in terms of a, instead of another word right, <laughs> for right. the boots that were being worn at that concert. And, I mean, it was, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I think I texted I texted one of my friends. I said, I don't have slutty enough clothes to wear. <laughs> so the mom vibe, the Portland vibe were all coming through. Oh, they sure were. They sure were. Um, you know, and I had some makeup on, but then when I saw the makeup that other people were wearing, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't wear enough makeup. <laughs> You know, and my hair has one speed. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, so so then on uh, Friday, um, so oh gosh, we went we went out the Space Needle, you know, which I everybody knows from Fraser, right? They know what the Space right. Needle looks like. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, so when we got in these passes, the kitchen to four attractions at the Seattle Center, and um, one of them is this glass museum called the Shahuli Glass Museum, and um, the um, artist, what's is it? Don, yeah, um, Shahuli. He's a um, uh, Tacoma, which is um, another big city in Washington State. So he's a local of Tacoma, and um, so he's kind of the pride of of Washington State um, in terms of glass blowing. And um, <laughs> so the the kids had been the kids, and but I mean he's of international renown. And um, right. so I was like, oh, I really want to go to the glass museum, and they were like, mm, we don't want to go, but you can see it right from the top of the Space Needle, and they have outdoor installation so it looks like enormous glass flowers and just really cool and so the kids were like yeah let's go and I mean it was mind-blowing mind-blowing how beautiful it was and um so we went to that and then we went to the science museum that's there which is huge just huge and the kids just loved that and then we got to ride the monorail and we rode the monorail like three times and there's this huge playground there and in true pacific northwest fashion they were not dissuaded by the fact that it was raining so (laughs) they were the only ones in the playground that day and then the next day and it was a friday and it was i don't know like six in the evening or six fifteen, and uh, then the next day it was dry and Saturday and I don't know uh, one in the afternoon or something. The kids were like, oh, "There's so many people on the playground." I'm like, <laughs> yes, honey, that's what happens when it's nice out. <laughs> so, so um, but I, hi- I mean, my gosh, Seattle's just a beautiful. It's such a beautiful city. It's has such natural beauty with all the water and the mountains and, um, and now I know they have tons of cultural offerings as well. Yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend it as a vacation spot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So and now you, but you being on the East Coast, you get a, do your kids get a February break and an April break? Um, You know, our February break is mini. It's not like New England oh. where I think they get a whole week generally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We generally get like, I don't know, like a four or five day weekend around um, President's Day. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but our spring break is never, um, it doesn't happen until um, Easter. We, we are either right. the week prior to or the week after. So this year we're mm-hmm. the week prior to Easter. Yeah. Yeah. It's also so funny how the East Coast is so kind of um, still tied to so many classic things like that, that, you yes. know, I mean, you still get Columbus Day off on the East Coast and th- yeah. and spring breaks are still tied to Easter. And it's like, mm, yeah, okay, Columbus Day really went the way of the dinosaur right. and you know, like Easter, like that's not everybody's holiday. <laughs> I know. And it's crazy too. Well, I will say my, my community, extremely diverse. And so they do, they do get the Jewish holidays off too. So that's Uh good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but, but yeah, there are still, you know, a lot of, and, and spring break is sacred cow here. I tell you, we, we, um, our school system was looking at next year, maybe changing things and spring break away or shortening it. And, you know, no one would have it. It's, it's happening. So. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's um, I don't it's I don't know. It's funny to me. Then April really seems like then you you blink your eyes and then school's out. That's exactly it, and that that's where I kind of feel like it's so silly. I mean, why you know, like I'd be happy to let spring break go because that's exactly it. You come back and you are 
you're in the home stretch. The kids are kind of starting to check out, you know. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. all the performances and the special events and yeah. all that stuff. And then, yes. I don't know, it's sort of like taking a break at like mile 25 of a marathon. It's like, well, no, 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 let's just keep going here. Let's just get to the end. Totally agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are the East Coast and we will stay where we are. <laughs> so. Right. right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so, uh, and your kids will all be fine when you go away to Utah? Yeah. Um, they, I think they love it when I go away because, you know, <laughs> like, all of, all of the bars come down, right. You know, the food, the food quality goes way down, you know, yep. the screens yep. are out in force, the bedtimes are ignored, you know, they have a good time with that. So, um, <laughs> no one's, no one's uh, really shedding any tears for the fact that I'm leaving. So that, oh, that's kind goodness. of a win-win, I guess. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, all right. Well, we have a guest on today and I will introduce her. She is Jean Chatsky, a mother runner of two who uh, listeners probably are most familiar with as the savvy finance reporter on the Today Show. Jean is the author of numerous books, including the just out Age Proof, Living Longer Without Running Out of Money or Breaking a Hip. In addition, Jean is the host of a podcast called Her Money. But before we're joined by Jean, we're going to pause for a quick break to hear from some partners. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us, Jean. It's great to have you on. It's nice to be here. Thanks. So tell us about your running, how long you've been at it, how, how often you run, that sort of thing. I have been running since high school, actually. Oh. I, moved to, uh, I moved to Wheeling, West Virginia when I was in ninth grade. I was mm-hmm. not a runner at that point, but I also didn't know anybody. And, mm-hmm. um, and I put on a few pounds over the summer and... <laughs> Somehow we decided, we being my my family, that it would be a good idea for me to go out for the cross country team. So it was a family decision. It was a it was a family decision. Let's let's let her meet some new kids. This would be a good way to do that. And yeah, I joined the cross country team. I was terrible. Um, <laughs> I I would routinely come in last in in my meets, but I I had fun. I made some friends. I got a varsity letter because I stuck with mm-hmm. it for four years. Yep, and. Uh, and yeah, and I'm still a runner. And it's the only thing that I've been able to stick with. I've dipped in and out of a lot of other class-based sport-like things mm-hmm. My uh-huh. during my life. But um, I love running because I have my shoes and I I now live next to one of the greatest running places, I'm sure, on the planet. I live out my back door is this thing called the Rockefeller Preserve in Westchester Mm. County, New York, which is miles and miles and miles of trails where you are allowed to walk or run or ride your horse, um, (laughs) but not uh, ride your bike, nothing with wheels, um, except for uh, like a baby jogger. And uh, sometimes you still see the the older Rockefellers with their horse and buggies actually out there. But oh my goodness! It's, um, it's amazing. It's just it's you get off the roads. Uh, I don't get lost anymore. And <laughs> anymore. Uh-huh. Anymore. Yeah, I did for quite a while, but it's it's uh, it's just it's wonderful. Well, and what town's it in? It's in um, Sleepy Hollow. New oh. York, Pecanico, New York, Terrytown. It's sort of they oh, all so- kind of mix together there. So is it, uh, it, so it's near that blue, the... Oh, it is. Blue Hill's in the middle of the Rockefeller Preserve. Okay. I uh, one time talked my way into getting an expensive dinner there. Um. (laughs) Expensive and I'm sure excellent dinner there. Although um, my husband... A little long. (laughs) A little bit long. Depends on how many courses. Sometimes we'll go and and sit at the bar and have dinner. But Mm -hmm. inevitably, when we come home from what is just a delicious and very expensive dinner. My husband will make himself a peanut butter sandwich because, yeah. <laughs> because it, they're, they're very small, delicate portions. They are. They are. And, they, they, so the, so, and say the, na- the full name of the restaurant has such an unusual long name. It's Blue Hill at Stone Barns. That's what and, it is. And the Stone Barns are these stone barns where <laughs> it's a... Um, yeah, they just, they have livestock. I mean, we have different, I, I have a running partner 
Um, uh-huh. my, friend, my friend Diane and I have been running together since our sons, who, were, who are now 22, were, <laughs> um, were in baby joggers together. We, we met when they were six months old. We oh, started fantastic. running. We went through pregnancies together. And we still run together. And we have wow. one run that we call the cows run because <laughs> it takes us past um, – it takes us past where the cows are are feeding, and we don't we don't stop to think about what will eventually happen to those cows because they are Blue Hill cows. They might not be the same cows from year to year. Being on this earth very very long time. Yes. Yeah 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 yeah. So that's so funny, but I do. Re- I I mean they. I don't know what there if there is a set number of courses that they typically do, but I mean, I think it was like thirteen or seventeen of them when I was when I got taken to dinner there, and um, oh, I mean, it was a three-hour. I guess I should say a fair instead of ordeal. Um. <laughs> I was thinking ordeal. I I can't sit that long. I just, oh, exactly. I can't okay. sit for dinner that that long. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, I do remember I got up a couple of times, but the more wine I had, the harder it was to get up and walk in a straight line and pretend I was going to just go use the restroom instead of stretch my legs. <laughs> and um, um, but yeah, it's all very you know they when I it was a, a long time ago that I went there, and so it was all about foam, and so it was all the you know little foam things on top of things and you don't get real full when you eat foam you, you don't you don't but you know we're disparaging it in 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 a very nice way but I gotta say that two of the best bites that I've ever had in my entire life I had there and one was um I was there for a birthday party for a friend it was probably about 10 years ago and at the same meal that one of the courses was tomato water which, which looked like a small glass of water that you would keep on your bedside table. It was totally clear, but it tasted like a tomato that you would have just plucked out of your garden with a little bit of salt. It was unbelievable. And wow. then the last course was this strawberry whipped cream concoction and the strawberries tasted like strawberries, which they don't always do, at least right. when I buy them in the supermarket. Right, right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I just remember that they they have all the the servers are all very proper and you know, numerous servers, and they bring things over and present them to you. And uh, that um, they had a egg course, mm-hmm. and the um, they bring one of the people has um, this um, kind of um, plexiglass nest that um, that then they put some straw or whatever in, and then the eggs. And I <laughs> looked at that person and I said, so is it always your job to be holding the, the fake nest or is this just like something you do tonight? <laughs> and they just kind of looked at me like, why are you messing with me? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I, I heard you talking before we, we got on the air about your trip to Seattle where I was just as well. And I mean, that's an incredible food city. I hope that you I hope that you made your way to the market and had the donuts, which are unbelievable <laughs> and and the pork buns across the street oh my gosh we we did not i um it's funny usually i think of of um pike place market as kind of the only thing to do in seattle and this time i discovered some more things so then as a result we didn't go there um and uh yeah no but we had some really we had the most exquisite pizza i have ever had mm. um and it was oh my gosh it was just last week i think it's called um special pie Maybe I think that's huh. the name of it. And there's and it was just it was unreal. And I um, was there for the first night. I was just there with or the second night. First night we saw Ariana Grande and just ate a really quick dinner. But then the next night, um, and um, we all the three of us agreed it was the best uh, pizza we'd ever had. So, Sounds amazing. Next time I just remembered it's serious pie. So that's the name of the place. So, but we did we did not bring you on, Jean, to talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> fancy restaurant (laughs) but uh you've already mentioned your um 22 year old son but tell us about the rest of your family and and kind of how you balance career parenting and and running well balance is is the wrong word but i um i have two kids one is uh flown the coop already he's he's 22 he's in la and working Mm -hmm. um my daughter is in college Mm -hmm. uh she's she's a sophomore And so it's a little easier to balance now that they're both in college because it's not, um, it's not getting them back and forth. I mean, I've been very, very lucky with my career over, over the past couple of decades. I've had a lot of flexibility, which has enabled me to sort of write 
and do a lot of what I do from home and, and also occasionally run the carpool and, and that sort of thing. I, I've managed the running because I always did it first thing in the morning when I didn't have TV. I'm, I'm a terrible... I was, just about, I was just about to say, please tell me you didn't run before you did the Today Show because that would be really, <laughs> really early. Yeah, no, some people do. I mean, Hoda Kotb, I know, exercises every morning before she wow. comes in and some of our producers do the same things. I, I, I have an hour to get there, so mm -hmm. that's not possible for me. But, uh, but I do sometimes when I'm in the city... Um, go change and go and do a loop of Central Park before I come home. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, I try to get it in. I run, uh, I probably run four days a week at this point. Uh, through the winter, I like to bundle and go out and run. I spent some time growing up in Wisconsin. And so the cold that we get here is cold, but it's not all that cold. As long as mm -hmm. it's not icy, it's okay. Um, and I have, I did one marathon and I've done a few halves, but I'm not sure that my hips are happy these days when I start to get my mileage way up anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I think I saw somewhere along the way here that you've done some races with your daughter. I, yeah. I, so last year we did the Disney princess half marathon. She was looking for a challenge because she wanted to make sure that she would continue to exercise through freshman year and not do, not put on the freshman 15 or 10 or whatever it is these days. So before she went to school, we found this race and, um, she was not a runner, but she got on couch to 10 K and kept going. And, um, that's a great app, by the way, for, for people who are starting to run. And and we did it. And I was really surprised by how well she did because I knew she had trained, but I didn't know. I, I knew she probably wasn't fully trained, uh, mm -hmm. but but she was she was great. And she was she was pretty speedy for for somebody who had never done a race before. That's great. Um, yeah, we have great pictures. We ran the race in, in tiaras and, mm -hmm. and tutus, which was nothing compared to all of these other runners who were dressed like um, there were there were a lot of Annas and Elsas from oh, Frozen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of there was one one runner who was totally decked out like the sea witch from uh, the Little Ursula. Mermaid. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and and just a lot of different costumes. I mean, they were they were really good. And people were stopping along the way to take pictures with the various princesses who were out at mm -hmm. the various spots. The characters. Um, the characters. Yeah. We didn't stop. We just kept mm -hmm. going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so tell us a little bit about your, your running partner, Diane, that you... So, I mean, for 22 plus years, you've been... How often do you run together? I mean, are your schedules pretty compatible? Do you do races together? I, I find that intriguing to think that you've had a running partner for that long. Yeah. So um, our schedules are pretty compatible, although uh, Diane, for the last six years, has been getting her master's degree. She went back to school to mm -hmm. get her master's in nutrition and, and her RD, which is phenomenal. And now she has it and she has a job, which she hasn't had for a number of years. And, and so she's not as available every single morning to go. And I've had to alter my schedule around hers a little bit. We, we try to get out together at least a couple of times a week. Uh, there are some races in Rockefeller mm -hmm. the, the, that we've run together. Um, mm -hmm. We, uh, we've done a couple of the more half, we, we did a more half marathon together mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. couple of years ago. And, um, and, uh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a huge, I, I mean, I like a race every once in a while. I'm not a mm -hmm. huge racer and mm -hmm. neither is she. So it, it serves us, it serves us pretty well. We just, we just like to run and talk and catch up. And yeah. as somebody who works from home much of the time, there are days where that's the only human interaction that I have. <laughs> and so, so I, I totally need it. You know, if I, if I don't see her during the day, I may see nobody during the day. And, <laughs> and that gets kind of, it gets kind of isolating and a little bit lonely. So I'm really glad to have it. Well, um, 
Amanda and I both work from home, so we can totally relate to that um, lack of human contact and the importance of seeing a, a running buddy and, and uh, having that early morning conversation to get things going. Yeah, no, no question. Do you guys run uh, with other people to, to make up for that? Um, so I have a I have a best running friend who um, we haven't been going together as long as you and Diane have, but um, I think we're going on about uh, maybe five years, six years, something like that. And Amanda, you have a, a group of women that you occasionally run with, right? Yeah, I've got a group we've been running together for about a decade now, and um, we have regular Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. We always run together. Um, and then I still like to do a couple of runs by myself a week too. I think I I, I really like the balance of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, and we, we see that you've got a dog as well, a cockapoo named Teddy. And I do. He does not run. He does not run. That was my next question. <laughs> he doesn't run. He's small. Um, he is, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping, he's sitting here with me. He's on the couch. He's snoozing. He's 12 <laughs> at this point, and, um, and he's 16 pounds. He, he does, you know, he will walk. He likes to walk in Rockefeller, but he, he's, um, he's never been, never had the legs to be a runner. I guess is is the the way to put it. Right. Um, and uh, and I've just been been hoping that he's not gonna haul off and and bark because when he does, it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, getting into your newest book, Age Proof: Living Longer Without Running Out of Money or Breaking a Hip, you touch on health and finances and how they intersect. So I'm intrigued by this concept. When and how did you first identify it? I first identified it. Um, around the time that the uh, Affordable Care Act was really coming into practice, I found myself in a lot of different meetings at NBC with the medical team because we were talking about how this was going to affect people and it was going to affect both their wallets and their health. And I um, started thinking about this issue of longevity, how we're all living longer and we need both our health and our finances working in our favor if those last uh, number of years are going to be a good one, uh, Mm -hmm. are going to be good ones. And so I reached out to Dr. Michael Roizen, who is the chief wellness officer of the Cleveland Clinic. He and I had Mm -hmm. met earlier doing a television pilot that didn't get picked up. And, uh, and said, what do you think? And he was like, I'm in. Uh, and so we spent about a year and a half writing this book. And what we found is that many of the same tactics and strategies that you use to get your financial act together can also be used to get your health in gear. Hmm. I think that's really neat. So do you find that, that most people are good at one and not the other, or do those people who are devoted to one naturally find that they manage the other well too, because it does use the same skill set in a, in a sense? Um, often one brings the other along for the ride. If you are, um, if you are trying, for example, to pay down debt and you're really, really focused on that. We often find that people drop a few pounds at the same time um, mm-hmm. because they're they're just becoming more conscious of their behavior overall and becoming more conscious of your spending behavior turns out to make you more conscious of your eating behavior. And so much of our money goes to eating out these days that mm-hmm. when you start to flip it a bit and eat home, you you opt for healthier healthier options. I mean, the other thing, and this, you know, being a runner, this all, this resonated with me as we were writing the book. So much of our money these days in a, in the country, not, not individually, but as a whole, uh, is going to manage chronic diseases. 85% of our healthcare spending right now is going to just manage conditions like, asthma and diabetes and arthritis and the list goes on and on and on. And if you just do four things that are totally within your control, you can reduce the chances that you're going to get one of these chronic diseases by 75%. And so those things are eating well and and eating well enough so that your waist is less than half your height when you use a tape measure. You just, you got to make healthier choices moving, getting off the couch and and going for a run or a walk or whatever you choose to do, reducing stress, 
which for me, that's what running does. It, it, it's my stress zapper <laughs> and, um, and avoiding toxins like cigarette smoke. And if you can do those four things, the chances that you're going to get a chronic disease are so much lower and just not getting one means that you're going to have a lot more money to take care of yourself for the long term. Wow. Wow. So you talk about how um, running is your stress zapper. I love that phrase. Um, So um, let's talk a little bit about stress, financial as well as physical or emotional. You say in your book that it's a good idea to have a small level of stress in your life. Can you explain this idea? Yeah, you need to have a small level of stress to keep you on your game, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to be too complacent. Um, to, to zend out all the time. It makes us not, not try hard enough. It makes us, um, not plan for things financially like emergencies because we're just convinced that everything's going to always be okay. Uh, if you, if you want to think of it in numeric terms, if you think of your own happiness on a scale of about one to 10, better to be an eight than it is to be a 10. Um, Because eights are more likely to have um, to have taken the steps to protect themselves in life, uh, and and so that's that's kind of a good way to look at it. Interesting. Hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about the intersection of of running and finances, and um, when we talk about running, it's a seemingly ex- inexpensive sport. Yet most runners will tell you that it's easy to spend quite a bit on races, gear, shoes, you know, what's the deal with that? (laughs) Yeah, I I think it is. And I think it's, it's kind of like almost any sport, the more you get into it, I think the more that you want the tools and the gadgets and the the latest and greatest and to participate in trips and races that are going to take you across the country, and then you're in for a plane ticket, and all of a sudden, you've spent a bundle. (laughs) But, um, you know, it also can be a very low cost activity. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty low cost about my running. I, I buy my shoes. Um, I've been wearing the same shoes, not the same pair of shoes, but I've been wearing the same type of shoes for years Mm -hmm. and I know what size I am and I just buy the model that's a year old or so online Mm -hmm. where you can get them at half price. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, uh, um, exercise bras more than anything else, but oh, good. yeah, oh, good. but beyond just, that, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cheap. I just heard, um, I was just at a ladies night here at a local running store and, uh, oh, they, you know, were, had some special on bras and the, the woman said, Oh, if you shouldn't, you shouldn't ever celebrate an anniversary with a sports bra that if you've <laughs> had it for that, that, you know, once it comes up to that one year anniversary, you need to pitch it. And I was like, oh, that's such a tough thing to do, you know? And so so I got home from my trip last night and I set out a bra that I'm pr- pretty sure I've had for, I don't know, we've probably celebrated three anniversaries together. And uh, I'm like, I set it out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw it out later. I'm going to throw it out well, later. Wait, I just want to, I just want to ask because I've, I've had my running bras for longer than that, but you uh-huh. know, would you have to wear it every day for it to... I mean, oh, now that's a good question because if you have five of them, they should right. have a longer life. They but, should be but, five years. Yeah, but but then there's a the problem. I mean, part of it is also how mu- a large part of it, I think is how often you wash them, and how you treat them when you wash them, so that you know if you're putting them in the dryer, I think you're probably it's going to be like the, a fling with that sports right because it's going to kind of basically melt down. Um, and so, yeah, whether you should have like two that you rotate and then pitch them after a year or do you have five? That's a good question. I need to investigate that. Yeah. And which are your favorite? Oh, I, um, I am not a, not a busty gal, so I can get by with pretty much anything. Um, I mean, I love champion and I'm not even sure about what the model name is. That's embarrassing to say. I, I definitely have to have a back hook because even though I'm I'm don't have, you know, huge boobs, like I when I'm done running, I gotta take that thing off because it's so sweaty and I get so cold. Yeah. Wearing wearing a wet sports bra. So um I yeah, think- Amanda 
I'm just thinking that I don't want this woman that you're mentioning from the shoe store to ever come open my sports bra drawer and see <laughs> what I have in there because I have some very ancient ones in there and they still get torn, taken into my rotation. So um, I, I think I'm thrifty with my running gear in that sense. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, um, but, uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just, I just, um, I mean, it's a tough thing because they're so expensive. I mean, sports they are, bras. They are so expensive. Yeah. I mean, when you get one for 50 bucks, it seems like you've almost got a bargain. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I don't know. It's the, the cost of being a woman, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and do you think, um, the, do you think that social media plays a role in, in the cost of running that there's this whole, you know, FOMA, this fear of missing out about the latest gadgets and, oh, look what she has. And, oh, that sounds really nifty. Yeah, I think so. And, and definitely from a perspective of, of, um, of events and, and getting yourself to, to races, I don't think I would have dragged my daughter to, um, <laughs> to the princess race. I, you know, we could have found something closer, but I saw pictures from the year before of all the people with their with their um, tiaras on, and it looked like a lot of fun. And so, you know, then I was in for a couple of days at Disneyland, Disney World. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you, you touched a little bit on this earlier, but what tips do you have for runners to minimize their costs? I think um, I think online shopping is probably your best friend. I mean, once you find a shoe that works for you, once you find socks that work for you, or or um, or a sports bra or whatever it is that you're looking for, um, you can always, if you bide your time, buy in bulk and online and just stash them. I mean, I've got a couple of I, I run in in um, Kayanos and I've. I've got I got a couple pairs that are just waiting because I I've got them for ninety nine dollars with a twenty percent off coupon, so they were eighty. Well, wow. you know who's who's not going to buy that, right? right. Wow. <laughs> right. I definitely have that in our front hall closet on the top shelf. It's just this this precarious stack of, of running shoe boxes. And, you know, sometimes like when I, we sell, we have an online store. And so if I have to, you know, take pictures of like shoe tags and I'm like, Oh, it needs to be on a new pair of shoes. And I get up on a step ladder and I get down a new pair of shoes, bring them out, put the little shoe tag on them, take their picture and then put them back up again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so do you recommend establishing a budget for running expenses? Um, I think that it has to come, not necessarily. I think uh-huh. it comes out of your life budget. Mm-hmm. And for me, the most important thing is that people are saving the amount that they need to save for their future. And and that's about 15%. And if you can get yourself to the point where you're saving 15% on a regular basis, then that can include matching dollars if you've got an employer that gives you a, a retirement plan. Um and you're not going further into credit card debt every single month, then I don't really care which buckets your money goes into. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't really view myself as being the money police. You know, mm-hmm. I can, I can break it down and I can say, okay, it's best. It works if typically about 35% of your expenses go to housing and 12 and a half to transportation and twelve and a half to other debt repayment, and fifteen percent to savings, and twenty five percent to the rest of your life. But if you look at your life and you decide, well, I've I would rather spend less money living in a smaller house mm-hmm. and more money on my running, or more money on my biking, or more money traveling. Mm-hmm. That's fine. As long mm-hmm. as you're saving and you're not going into debt, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and now it sounds like, you know, from your book, we could also see it as a healthcare expense then. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and companies are starting to reward people for this, you know, for good um, physical behavior, good good health-minded behavior. They're, they're giving you money to put into a health savings account in many cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and And... I mean, that's sort of the trajectory that we're we're all on. If you're watching Washington, D.C., half of people are already in a high deductible um, health plan, which means that you're responsible for the first 
um, generally a couple thousand dollars of your savings before insurance uh, of your healthcare spending before insurance kicks in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be the lay of the land uh, mm-hmm. more often than not. And I think that it will encourage people to stay healthier, to be smarter about um, taking care of themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of taking care of themselves, you mentioned that you think your hips are not happy with you doing too many races. What do you do to, to help your hips? Well, I'm going to drag myself to hot yoga tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not flexible. I'm, I've never been flexible. I was always, you know, embarrassed in gym class at my lack of being able to touch my toes, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stretch them. I'm trying to stretch more. I've never been a very good stretcher Uh and, and just, paying attention when they hurt. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I would like to do another half. Um, and I think eventually I'll get there, but I'm not gonna, I'm going to wait until they feel a little bit better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So no prehab for you, no foam rolling or any oh type of... Oh my God, of... that foam roller is awful. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it hurts so good? No, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you need to repair your relationship with your foam roller. There, I guess Jean. I do. No, I mean, I, oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't love pain, but <laughs> a foam roller is, I associate the foam roller with a lot of pain. Okay. <laughs> um, oh. Well, I, I noticed, so on your website, you've got um, a list of, of six or seven financial philosophies with the final one being um, that you need to give back in a way that is meaningful to you. Um, and, you know, for some people, it's money. For some people, it's time. Um, and, you know, I, I think, um, you know, for runners, maybe that the give back is, you know, volunteering um, at races or, or giving back to any running related charities. Um, what, what you're thinking on that? And have you done any of that yourself? Um, yeah, I think I think whatever makes sense to you in terms of something that's really, really meaningful in your life is, is a great way to give back. Um, my, my charitable work has been more focused on heart-related mm-hmm. causes. We've got a lot of heart disease in my family, and so that's where I've, I've um, put most of my efforts and most of my money. But, um, but yeah, I think whatever, whatever feeds your soul in a way that... Um, that you get something back from it is, is, is what you should do. And for avid runners, I think that's terrific. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. So final question, and it's very important. Amanda Uh-oh. and I came up with it right, right before this. Um, so you have the most fabulous lush hair. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, and you rock the bangs, I have to say. Thank uh, you. So, so do you wear it in a ponytail when you run? Oh like, yeah. I wear it in a ponytail and I wear one of those, um, things that goes over my ears when it's cold, uh-huh, gotcha. um, but Fleece not a full thing. hat. Oh no. Why not a full hat? Cause then I would have to wash it. <laughs> the, wait, the, the hat itself? No, the hair. The hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, I do wash my hair, but I, I don't wash it as often as I used to. And, um, yeah, I have a, I have very, I have very thick hair, so I can, I can get away with, with a couple of times a week, and I, and, and it takes so long to, to dry the stupid thing that I, uh-huh. I, um, I try to, I try to not put a hat on unless I absolutely have to. Very cool. good. You just say no to the hat head. I like it. Yeah. Um, very good. And on that note, thank you, thank you so much for joining us, Jean. It was great talking with you. It was nice talking yeah, with you too. A lot of fun. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. So that was fun. She was a sport to uh, talk to us about a wide, wide range of topics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. And I love that she has run, been running with her best running friend since they were pregnant together. I know. It's very cool. Talk about a yeah. full, the full arc of mother running. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, the, you know, and the pretty, it sounds like the, that, and that and beating stress is largely what, you know, prompts her to, to get out there. And that and that beautiful um, the reserve that's right near her oh, house. Yeah, I, that I, sounds wonderful. Oh, I know. I'm envisioning all these, you know, kind of fire, dirt fire roads, because if they're wide enough for carriages. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Something you see every day. Um, Well, great. Great, great. Well, let's um, uh, bounce on over to the Train Like a Mother Club to hear from Dimity. 
Hello, hello everybody. Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club Corner, the spring break edition. Maybe you are doing a little, um, you know, Netflix marathon with your kids, or maybe you are got your toes in the Gulf of Mexico, or maybe if you're like me, you're in um, Rapid City, South Dakota uh, in the middle of a blizzard. That was a really good one one year. Um, Anyway, coming to you with a little nutrition tidbit for this corner. It comes from a mother runner named Molly who says, um, I'm headed back to the airport after five days here in Germany. I've been here 20 times over the past five years for work, and this is the first time I've had energy in long days of meetings with different sleep cycles. The best quote-unquote traveling hack I've learned is to pack and eat protein throughout the day and seek out vegetables everywhere. I feel like this trip tested all the principles and I'm trusting myself more. If I can survive in a hotel for five nights in a foreign country, I can do this. I still can't believe it isn't willpower fueling healthy eating, but a simple system that is crowding out all the sugar and giving me consistent energy. You are the best, Ellie. And Ellie is a leader. She is Ellie Kempton, a nutritionist here in Denver. And that is from the Simply Nourish Like a Mother program, which happens to be opening on the next round, the next six-week round, opens on April 3rd. Um, and again, I think uh, Molly, I just want to emphasize it's not a weight loss program, but Molly hit it on the head. It is learning to get your body to trust what it's going to be fed in a very healthy, holistic way. And with that... It gives you all the tools you need to fuel your day, fuel your life, and fuel your running. Um, and Molly's experience is not unusual. So um, hope you'll join us there. You can sign up at trainlikeamother.club, and we will see you back to the regular schedule next week. Bye. All right. Well, it might seem a bit ironic to suggest you buy something after our interview with Jean. But remember, it comes out of that, you know, what was it, the 25% slice that she talked about? And she, she won't judge you on how you spend it. Um, so I suggest you head on over to MotherRunnerStore.com because we have such amazing new spring merchandise in. Everything from two different colors of tank tops that say many happy miles on them. You might be familiar with that phrase. Um, we have a new Another Mother Runner design for our life lifestyle tea, uh, getting a little more in the PG-13 territory. We have one that just says Bammer on it. This says takes one to know one. And if you um, hang out with our tribe, you know that Bammer stands for badass mother runner. And um, some really great hats are coming in in a couple weeks. We have the shoe tags that I talked about, some new bracelets, including one with my mantra, which is empty the tank on it. Um, so lots of great stuff. So head on over to motherrunnerstore.com. And I will be filling that order from this very desk that I'm coming to you from for this recording. So <laughs> it's like you're getting a piece of the podcast when you order from the store. So um, many happy miles to you. Oh.